On today's podcast, we have Eswari and Taylor. Taylor has shares an experience that a lot of people have expressed on the podcast, but talking about her own very unique path to Ryerson. Eswari, on the other hand, is an international student, and international students likely had a more difficult time during this COVID transition, but both of them are Ryerson community members. Both of them are coping and getting by, and I really enjoyed learning more about these two fantastic students. So please lean in and enjoy my conversation with Eswari and Taylor. All right, everybody, welcome back to the pod. Today we have two more students who we get to interview and I get to know a little bit better, but you will too at the end of this interview. And I would like to first introduce you to Taylor. Taylor, welcome to the pod. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, so my name's Taylor and I'm currently attending Ryerson and I'm going into my third year of biomedical sciences. I chose biomed because I have a passion for helping out in my community and I really like the fact that Ryerson offers a co-op program. I'm also interested in minoring in psychology, so I'm taking two psych courses right now in the summer. And I was introduced to Brian through the organic chem class in second year. And it was great to have you there, and it's great to have you here. Thank you again. Eswari, welcome to the pod, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, my name is Ashwari. I'm a third year biomedical science student as well. And I met Brian through organic chemistry as well. And I'm actually an international student. So no one really knows that about me. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. We're international (laughs) from where? I'm originally Indian, but I grew up in the Middle East my entire life. Oh, cool. Where in the Middle East? Saudi Arabia. Okay, so we're answering all these questions that we <laughs> that I'm going to get to after this. Okay, that's very cool. All right, so let's let's stick stick with you too, Eshwari, because we're going to we'll follow through that. So, hometown is where? Hometown is Chennai, India, but where I grew up is Saudi Arabia, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Okay, so why why did you grow up there? What's the what's the story? I moved from India when I was eight years old because my dad got a job in Jeddah. So we all moved as a family there and I just grew up there and I came here for university. Okay. So what inspires those transitions? So first of all, what does your dad do? Engineering or oil and gas? Okay. So, okay. So you started off, do you have very strong memories? How often do you go back to India? Oh, we go often. Like we always go every year for the summertime. This is like the first year that I haven't gone back. So... It's kind of like I'm really missing home a lot. I was going to say, because you, when we had this conversation a little bit, well, we, you and I talked offline to arrange this, this pod, and, and I knew you were a little bit bummed because you could hear it in your voice, because normally you're very energetic and outgoing. Um, so you've been trapped in Canada, which, yep. I mean, there could be, there's much worse places in the world, I think, to be trapped. but Literally <laughs> trapped. So you cannot fly anywhere because international students aren't allowed to move. Yeah, so can't. like. So, like, I can't go back to Saudi Arabia because they have, like, their travel restrictions. They're not letting in anyone in until December. And India, they still haven't reached their peak. So, I'm literally stuck here. Have you thought about immigrating? No. Because <laughs> 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 this might be a while. You might as well go through that entire process and become Canadian and then you have one more passport. So, your passport right now is Indian, but you yep. grew up, spent most of your time and, and when you grew up in, in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, did you, you were on one of these international camps? Like you were with inter- other international people? Yeah, so you- like 
loads of people don't know this, but like Saudi is literally filled with like expats. So it's literally like Canada, how Toronto is, like diversity. Where I grew up, you see a lot of people from like Greek, Russia, and like from like Arab countries as well. And you pe- you meet people from like Africa, Canada, States, Ireland, England, like everywhere. So like I grew up basically, it's literally like mini Toronto there. But you're not allowed, you don't have the freedom to move in and out of the city like a normal, like you do in the city of Toronto, like you or Ontario, if you wanted to go traveling in the countryside, you're literally kind of in a, in a city within a city, right? Yeah, that is true. Because there's like restrictions, but they're kind of easing it out now. When you go out, you have to wear an abaya. So it's basically like, you know, like a winter coat, but it's like thinner but and longer. So, and has to be black and you have to wear it out when you go out and you can't, like when I lived there, only males could drive a car. Females could not. They only passed the, um, the law that females could drive in, I believe, 2018 around first year. Yeah, so it was 2018 when women could drive. And yeah, when I lived there, it was like completely like restricted. But like yeah. I grew up in a compound, so it was just like chill. It was like I could go out by myself. Right. Okay. So what, what brought you to Toronto of all the places like you, you went, are, do you just keep wanting to move West? <laughs> Was that the thing? Like, like what, what brought you to Toronto? So everyone from my school usually just goes abroad. Everyone, loads of people go to the UK cause uh, I did the A-levels. Everyone goes to UK or like Boston or Canada. Cause these are, that's, these are the places that's where the curriculum is accepted. And Going back home to India wasn't really a choice of mine because it's just so different because like the way I communicate with people, interact is completely different. The culture norms and everything is completely different there. So it's just those, maybe why not come to Toronto? And here I am. So, okay. So let's, okay. I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to, we'll talk to Taylor for a bit. And then I, I want to drill down down this, this choice for Ryerson in just a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Taylor, I wasn't expecting that crazy background story. That's why I thought I thought you were always like from Markham or someplace like that. <laughs> Taylor, where's hometown for you? I live in Vaughan. Okay. Did you always live in Vaughan? <laughs> we could have made this into an international segment if we knew that it was if that wasn't the case. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No. So I moved to Vaughan when I was in the third grade, but before that, I lived in North York my entire life. Okay, so you're still a northern GTA type person. So when you were thinking about your transitions, when you were a kid, so now you're a medical science student, minoring or wanting to do a minor in psych, which is a very common combination, which is not surprising. Did you always know what you wanted to be when you were a kid? Definitely not. I changed my mind a bunch of times. And even first year, I think I was really set on like pharmacy. And now I'm more interested in optometry and dentistry. And then as a kid, I wanted to be a teacher, but I definitely don't think I can do that anymore. Why? I think it'd be um, great. I don't think I have the patience. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It, it, gets, it gets wearing sometimes when you have 300 students asking you the same thing. <laughs> very strong for that. <laughs> okay, so, so let's think about your transition. So where'd you go to high school then? I went to a Catholic high school. Okay, which one? It's called St. Jean de Brebeuf. Catholic. Okay, so because most of these Catholic schools are, prepare you pretty well for university, they tend to be better than the public school system. No offense, public school system, but I was a product of the public school system. So was that a good experience? And when did you make the transition to wanting to become a science person? I think for the most part, they did prepare us well. But if anything, I think 
they did, I want to say like, they kind of made it seem worse than what it was, but that might also be because the professors at Ryerson are really good. In high school, they're all like, you know, they won't spoon feed you, which they don't, but there are professors available to you if you need help and office hours and all that. Yeah, and I, and I would agree that we might offer a slightly different taste, but I, in my own experience, it was like this at Waterloo and Victoria, like it was very similar to Ryerson. So why did you choose Ryerson then? How did you know what was the, how did you get that, where, that sense of direction? So I kind of, I narrowed down like that I wanted to do science because it was between sciences and business, but I took a business course in high school and I just, I knew it wasn't for me. I could not sit there and just do balance sheets and income statements. So I was like, okay, science is more interesting to me. And for my parents, like it was important that I didn't move out. So it was really between York U of T and Ryerson. And Ryerson, I liked the co-op program a lot. Okay. The same reason why I went to Laura Duke the co-op cool okay so in business by the way is much more than accounting and sheets like (laughs) that's just the accounting part of business but you if you know what you want then that's awesome so you're doing the co-op program in biomedical sciences i'm gonna apply i I didn't but i'm going to okay so you're not currently in the co-op program okay cool cool stuff okay so when you did you have any major problems or challenges when you made your transition from high school i guess if your teachers said to be ready you were always kind of on point but were there any sort of big gaps in the transition or challenges, big like things that were surprised you? Initially, like I said, they were just saying that a lot of the stuff in university was more like independent. You definitely had to make sure you had your notes done before lecture and all that. I think just that transition for me, like making sure I, I was on top of everything, doing notes right after class, doing my homework every day so I wouldn't fall behind. Because like in high school, if you didn't do your homework, your teacher would go up to you and be like, hey, make sure you have this done for the next day, but you don't really have that in university. So it is like up to you to take that initiative. And if you don't understand, there's resources and office hours that you can access. Awesome. And fear is a good motivator. So if they threaten you to think that you need, you need to do this, then usually you yeah, end up doing it. Sure. So you've never, had, you've never had any real challenges with the transition then in terms of the course, like certain courses where you're like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. I felt that way about biochemistry this year. Okay. And that's a, if you've listened to the pod, then everyone knows that that's come up a yes. few times. <laughs> um, do you think the COVID situation had anything to do with it or was it, all, was it already into the, the, the deep into the rabbit hole by the time that arrived? I, I don't think COVID made it any worse. I feel like it was definitely already <laughs> bad on its own. It's so biochemistry is the program that I started in as an undergrad and I've always been tempted to want to put my name in the hat to teach that course, the biochemistry course, because I know I think there's easier ways. If you adopt a more chemical approach than biology, biological approach, you might actually, it might be easier for people, especially after organic, but just so that anyone's listening, I'm not making commitments to teach biochemistry, so don't, don't ask me to, but I was, I've, I've been hearing this and I just feel like it should be easier to grasp. If you taught it. Yeah, I, and I, I'd have to do some real thinking about how to restructure it so that it would make the most sense, and it's like a perfect transition from organic, right? Like a like it was a seamless shift. Anyway, maybe someday if we have another COVID and I have more time like I do right now, I won't do a podcast and I'll, I'll build some notes. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have another COVID. Um, so Aswari, back to you for a second. So this transition, let's drill down on Ryerson specific. Toronto is a big place. It has three universities, four if you count the ones that are a little bit farther away. Why this one? I actually had a friend who left the year before me who came to Ryerson for biomed sci. So I was like, I looked up the curriculum. Who's your like friend? What, his name is Ege, but he's, I think he's switched out. 
<laughs> so you didn't give me the best <laughs> advice then in the world. <laughs> so yeah, so that's how I found out about the biomed program here. Like, I didn't even know about Ryerson at the time because all the universities I heard about that I had friends in were UFT, York, and Waterloo. So I was just like, I really didn't know. So when it came down to picking my options, I thought of UFT, Ryerson, York, and I applied as a backup for a Brock. But UFT was like outrageous amount of money for international students it's like around 50k which is like nope yeah that's and yeah and I knew I wanted to be in the downtown area because it seemed like really lively and a lot of fun I was like it seems nice it was mainly Ryerson it was between Ryerson and New York but I got into Ryerson so I was like okay and I think maybe Taylor can speak up to this but your campus is, doesn't feel at all like Ryerson's campus right you're in I that know. neighborhood Taylor yes right? it's very close to home for me I just didn't want to because it was too local <laughs> yeah and I like I've heard it's it's not to not ripping on my my friends at York but it's a bit of a sketchy dicey campus yeah. because it's, it's so vast and spread out and the, it's not even well lit I've heard mm -hmm. a lot of horror not horror stories per se but horrific stories for student life there it's not it's not so easy so good I'm when we're obviously very happy that you're you're both here okay so did you have any major transitions coming off this international education at kind of a probably I would assume a bit more of an elite international oh, yeah. kind of setup did you have any trouble transitioning oh yeah for sure there's like there was a lot for like first come like it was taxes because in Saudi there was literally no taxes and okay so these that, are life things not school things so much these are oh. like more that's fine let's just talk about those i just thought me I, I was thinking in my head the school transition but let's talk about life first so what were the big life changes that you were like whoa didn't expect mm -hmm. that so taxes <laughs> taxes culture shock for sure was a thing even though the environment everything was similar it's just i guess when you're experiencing it for yourself there you have your parents your family that kind of interaction is completely different to while well, you're experiencing life through yourself. So it was, there was definitely a lot of culture shock. And for course-wise, I knew what I was getting myself into. I was definitely expecting, because I did A-levels, so it was just like kind of similar. It wasn't a huge transition for me in terms of hardness of like the courses. I was expecting what I was expecting. <laughs> So, okay, so, and I think based on my understanding from the A-levels and the international baccalaureate stuff that, yeah, it's kind of, used to be in Ontario, we used to have something called OAC, which was essentially a first year equivalent program. And because you have an accelerated learning you're in those international environments, you're probably exposed to it. So when you think about, I mean, you are a very bubbly person. In fact, you stand out in my mind as maybe being the, I don't think Taylor ever came to my office hours. Is that true, Taylor? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but... Ashwari was there weekly and you weren't a shy person. So did that help you or, were you or did you become this this kind of more outgoing person somewhere along the way? Or did you, like, what was Ashwari that, that you thought maybe was some of your strengths that made it easier in the transition? During school, like when I was growing up, I was never like a person to ask questions. So I was like initially struggling a lot. And then slowly I learned to ask questions. And I guess that became one of my strengths along the way. And when I wouldn't get anything, like I would literally just go directly to the prof instead of researching stuff online. And like, I felt like the prof could just teach me something simpler if I didn't get it one way, they could teach me another shortcut or something to understand it. So that definitely helped me 
through the transition from being like an international student to like coming here, that definitely helped the transition for study wise. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I mean, some that also might speak to your learning, like where your strengths are and your your learning habits and styles, right? Like you might need to be an auditory, listen to someone sort of work through the problem, then you'd be like, oh, I get it, as opposed to like reading your way through the solution, right? Mm -hmm. Cool stuff. Okay, so all right, so did you always know what you wanted to be? Well, what do you want to be now? Do you know? I knew I wanted to be in healthcare because a lot of my family members are doctors, so I was like. It was never pressured onto me. No one told me I had to be a doctor or anything. My dad would have been glad if I became an engineer. So it was just like a lot of my uncles, the neurologists, my grandfather's a neurosurgeon. I was just seeing them while I was growing up. It's just something I knew that I wanted to be. I think having the ability to like heal people and like listen to their stories and like help them along the way is something that I've just always liked. So I knew like I wanted to be in healthcare and at a very young age. Okay. And so do you still have sort of like, and you're in this biomedical sciences program, like do you, are you, do you know specifically what area of healthcare you want to pursue? I want to be a doctor. Okay. And then you'd worry. And so it, I guess it doesn't matter where you're going. Being an international student, I imagine that's tricky, right? Because you, now you're if either you stay in this area and you sort of build towards it or you can't if you get an education in uh, in a different country being a doctor it wouldn't necessarily work in other countries right yeah for sure it's just like i think the next step for like applying for medical school is just a bit tricky you're still like i feel like i'm still in the same situation as i was in high school like the whole uncertainty of like everything like high school i was like maybe the states maybe uk maybe canada like it's just i had so many options i just didn't know where ryson came through in the end but I think the for like next step of my life is just I have Canada or the States, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right now you're trapped. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Basically. You can't even cross the border. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah, that kind of sucks. I'm sorry. I'm I'm making light of it only because I want to keep this light, but I'm sure that's quite heavy and, and difficult for you. Taylor, what has been the best experience about Ryerson so far? I think the best experience that I had at Ryerson is like the people. I really, I think it was like very easy to make friends, especially in the science program, the biomed program. I think just like meeting people and sharing like, it sounds cheesy, like sharing like your struggles and even like getting in study groups together. I agree. Perfectly like super important. And it's not easy to do when you're on a commuting campus either, right? Like that's the real challenges that a lot of people clear out for the the evenings and you don't really you can't get those same relationships so that's awesome to hear what's been the worst thing about ryerson the commute for sure yeah everybody says that like it's weird i want to go downtown i want to go downtown and realize after and going downtown every day five to go to <laughs> <laughs> i just got my anyway, i want to won't, won't tell you too much about my but i got my my schedule today so i know when i'm teaching organic and one of those times is in the morning and i don't know everyone will be in their own bed or whatever but it's anyway it's crazy it'll be a crazy semester moving forward we'll talk about that later that's why what's been the best thing about ryerson so far and the worst thing the best thing i think i would say the people i feel like everyone's so easy to talk to here for me finding a community here i initially struggled but through my friends it was like very easy and i think the ryerson campus is compared to uft is smaller and with in the in fact it's helped me to navigate myself through and it's definitely helped me contact my profs a lot more easier 
And uh, for the worst, can I say the weather? I'm not used yeah. to cold. <laughs> Do you think it's cold today? <laughs> Just because it was oh, pretty warm last week too. <laughs> I haven't stepped out. It seems fine. Like in Saudi, yeah. I'm used to the summer going to like 50, so it's yeah. fine. Hot and dry. Yeah. Last yeah. last two weeks, I was just like, it's been quite warm, but but humid warm and then not Saudi warm for sure. Yeah. The weather in the wintertime, I can see that being a bit of a problem for somebody who's usually been closer to the equator. Very cool stuff. And yes, that's, I can't change the weather. So you're on your <laughs> own there, guys. Or, or the commute for that matter. Actually, COVID is making the commute a little bit easier, Taylor. How, how did the semester end for you? The semester ended with me doing my cell biology exam in my room. <laughs> but, and how did that go? Like, how did you, like, did you, did you have any major serious issues in terms of transitioning? I think like the most difficult thing would probably just be like the fact that you have to keep your own schedule, making sure that you are, because if you're commuting downtown at a certain time, you can like kind of gauge for like, okay, this is much time on the subway, this much time for studying. But if you're at home the entire day, you're so tempted to just stay in bed and not do any work. So probably just that part, but technical difficulties wise, not really. Okay. And I think that's, this is an important lesson. I've said this before on the pod with students, but you guys are having to become more accountable for your own learning, right? Which is, that's good. Like, that's a good thing. Cause when you leave school, nobody tells you what to do, right? Like you, you have to do your own thing and make your own test schedule and everything else. So in a way, this is might be a silver lining in all of this. Eswari, did you have any, uh, Eswari, where do you live in town? You, you said, we talked about this, but I forget what you said. Oh, I live downtown. <laughs> I live close Like to across campus. the street. Yeah, so major intersection. Young and Dundas. <laughs> oh shit, right, like right, <laughs> yeah. okay, that is. So you, the commute is not something you experience. And to be quite frank, I don't think the weather should be something you complain about either because you don't have to be outside in it very long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Are you in the Aura building? No, like it's like towards campus. Oh, Young and near, Dundas, like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's like around that area. You have to just sort of zip in and outside, but you can get down to what's it called, the pathway and stay underground. For sure. I just walked yeah. through the buildings. Oh, cool. Okay. So, all right. So you have been trapped. You seem like you don't leave your apartment. <laughs> I literally you really cannot. You cannot. Why? No, like initially, because like it's so the first like couple of months for the first two months that we were stuck here, it literally gave me so much anxiety to step out because they're in downtown. There are not a lot of people going out these days because of the whole COVID thing initially. And it's just a lot of homeless people around. So it's just a bit of fear. <laughs> So, so okay, like, so you were scared because of the, the situation on the ground and the, the craziness of it. Because yeah. I've, I've been to campus every week. And so I, I kind of know what you're talking about because it definitely now it looks different. Now it's back to kind of normal and people are out mm-hmm. on the street walking their dogs. But you're right, it was, it was a little edgy there for a while because it felt yeah, like sure. it was a zombie apocalypse, right? So, okay, so you, you now leave your building though, right? You're not, the yeah. anxieties. Okay. And how has it been more recently in this transition? I go out for walks, but it's not too far. I have to make sure that there aren't people behind me or like in front of me that many. So I just have to like navigate myself through the places I know there won't be a lot of people. But like Young and Dundas, there's always people. Have you had a bad experience in Toronto since you moved here? Like a like a something that you know got a little too close to home for you? Oh that yeah, that's created like, this fear. The fear of, you know, like, as I mentioned, like the fear of the homeless people, like the first week I was here, the first ever week I moved here, parents left back home and I was literally, me, my friend and I were walking in front of five guys and there was this homeless person that came and grabbed my friend's hair, (laughs) tried to grab my arm 
and oh, like wow. ever since that so i'm just like a little bit of anxiety when it comes to like people around me that i don't know so can i ask you another little question because i have had a lot of people who have visited india and they say that it's quite poor in india too in terms mm -hmm. of what they see and the challenges that people on the margins have there you don't feel the same way when you go to india the experience there is different because i'm always there with my parents and here i'm by myself so like okay. they're like i'm kind of shielded from the outside world all the people i met or meet are like family friends friends family and so it's just i'm a lot more shielded there than here Fair and enough. there's like, definitely for sure a lot of poverty there i'm speaking obviously from an area of privilege being a six foot six white male but that's like 250 pounds so i'm not too worried about getting and i don't have hair to get grabbed um <laughs> but I, so i i guess i do have i obviously i don't see those same things that you do so it's, it's unfortunate that you have to bear that taylor you're not a great big person either do you do you <laughs> ever feel threatened downtown when you're down there um i don't think i've had a personal like experience that bad where someone tried to like grab me but i was walking with my friend towards the slc and there was a homeless person who was bleeding and he spit on her Ugh. oh god yeah that's scary yeah I know it comes up in faculty conversations too, like across the campus that we do the safety and security. Again, I, I'm, I don't notice these things because like when you're privileged, you tend not to be assaulted either, or even people don't even cross you in a weird way, right? They don't even look at you, like they look away. So, but yeah, there's been a lot of conversations about this and I don't know what the answer is to be quite honest. Um, I also don't like the idea of just brushing it under the rug like poverty can easily be hidden right but it's that doesn't help anybody either i know i agree it's pretty rough sometimes down there and i hope it gets better for everybody what um actually let's go to something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> let's pull up let's get it go up for air shall we let's just go to our uh, our little factoid our fun questions that we we try to get to know you better and then and i and more importantly i guess i get to know you better so taylor we'll start with you yes what factoid do my peers know least about me? I don't know if it would be surprising, but I, I swim and I play the piano. Okay, so you're a swimmer. How long did you swim for? I started swimming when I was four, but I was okay. like terrified. Wow. Like my mom would <laughs> sign me up and I probably wouldn't go in the water. I'd hug the instructor's leg for the entire class. <laughs> Hopefully you'd go higher than the leg because the leg's usually underwater, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you became a competent swimmer. To what level did you compete in swimming or is it just um, more of a hobby? I didn't compete, but I did all the courses up until like the very last one, which was the lifeguarding one. And yep. I would volunteer at my local pool. So I was like an assistant instructor, but I wasn't like an actual lifeguard because I didn't take the course. That course, you needed to pick up like a 20 pound brick from the very bottom, which I couldn't do. Yeah, because you're not very big. <laughs> like, I, like, you don't realize <laughs> Taylor's not someone who's going, yeah. In contrast in heights between me and her in the classroom, she would be uh, not the smallest person in the room, but certainly in this, the 10th percentile. The front row of the picture during picture day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Standing. <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's actually a great way to put it for my entire life. The front row. Actually, you know what? I, so I did life-saving too. And, and as you grow and mature as a male too, your body dynamics completely change. And so your strength areas change. And when you're young, swimming is a lot easier than when you're older in terms of those distances. And that's exactly where I stopped too. Because my ears kept on popping with that brick stuff. Because you had to go 
it was 20 feet, but it was in the deep end of the pool. It was quite yeah. deep. I remember thinking that I was having trouble holding my breath long enough. Yeah, exactly. So, my issue too. Yeah. So it wasn't, I mean, a lot of people will breeze through that, but I'm sure there's, there's good reasons for it. Okay, great. Aswari, what, tell us something. Well, what, what fact do I do my, now you've already let the international thing out of the bag, so that won't surprise us, but what fact do I do my peers know least about me? I guess I'm allergic to dairy. So like, you don't meet a lot of people from the Indian community who are dairy, like lactose or something. So I guess, Actually, yeah. that's pretty true because I have some Indian sweets in my house right now that are made of mostly modified milk products and sugar and yeah. maybe some, some flavorings and color. Hmm. So that's been, so what's your favorite, actually, no, that's a question a little bit later on. Actually, we'll ask it now. So what's your favorite food then? It's not paneer. <laughs> so, so what, what is your, uh, what is your favorite food? I like a lot of Indian food and right now it's been like smoothie bowls because it's been like really hot and Kensington has a really great smoothie bowl place. Okay. Smoothie bowl? It sounds weird, but yes. <laughs> what is a smoothie bowl? I don't know. I don't think I know what it's that is. Basically, it's basically like frozen berries and like acai blended together with almond butter and fruits on top, chia seeds or coconut, some stuff like that. Oh, it does sound pretty good, especially in this heat. Yeah, that we are experiencing. So, do you cook at home? Like, can you, are you a oh, good yeah. cook? So, you would cook traditional Indian kind of recipes then? Yeah, I cook a lot of like lentils and I make pasta. I just make whatever is easy. Okay, because I have, I think I have mastered, and I almost want to give you the recipe to convince me otherwise butter chicken, but without any butter. So, it uses almond flour instead because that's like the thickening thing. It's so good. Anyway, but I oh also my buy my spices from like a spice kit that is made in Toronto by this local person. I don't know who they are, but they are making amazing spices. So just a little uh, heads up about that. Okay, so Taylor, what's your favorite food? I think my favorite food, I don't know if you, I've tried it for. Yeah, so Taylor, yeah, that's my Waterloo background life. I, oh, I was glad you were going to say that because you have a Vietnamese last name. Yes. And so <laughs> you are, and I always love Vietnamese food because... It's, I don't know if you guys knew this, but Vietnam used to be a French colony, right? And yes. so the food is presented in a very French way, you know, lots of color. And anyway, so yes, I love, uh, love it. What is, what's your particular kind? Like do you beef noodle, do you spice it up? Do you go for the hot stuff or you, is it beef brisket or do you like all the yes, tendons? I like, I like the beef, the, I forgot what it's called. Like it, it comes in, it's like red and then you have to cook it. Yeah. So it's just a really thinly shaved shave meat yeah i think it's brisket is what they and would then, call it um, poison sauce yeah and but you see you're not you're not into the hot hot and spicy things i can do a little bit of spice but i definitely cannot do a lot okay man that's good makes me want to have fun i haven't had that was my last meal out so since this whole lockdown that was the last meal i had was vietnamese food out and i hope i get to go again someday and not be paranoid awesome okay so let's go back to so let's say you're going for dinner and you're gonna have some pho or you're gonna have one of these almond smoothie bowls so <laughs> we'll start we'll start with we'll start with you sorry who who is that person that you want to go out for dinner with why that famous person current or otherwise i guess there was this astronaut that i looked up to when i was growing up her name is kalpana chavla she was the first indian woman to go into space so maybe her but she's dead yeah that's fine they, we can go for dinner with people of the past as well so what was it about her that what was her name again? Sorry. Kalpana Kalpana. Chavla. 
Kopana Chavla. And what was it about her specifically? Just the fact that she went to space? What question would you ask her? Why do you want to become an astronaut? I've always been intrigued with like outer space and knowing the unknown. Growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. Then I was like seeing my like family members being a doctor and what I could do in like Earth. <laughs> so I was like, maybe healthcare. So yeah, I was always intrigued about uh, space. So I was just asking her about space. Very cool. And Taylor, who is that person that you would like to go to dinner with, uh, current or otherwise, and why? Do they have to be a celebrity? No, well, they don't have to be, no. It's kind of cheesy, but I think I'd like to go out with my math teacher from the ninth grade. So why? What, what, that's, that is a good she, answer. We're going to have to drill down on that. She ended up moving. Let's give her a shout out. Miss Doe. Deal. Miss Doe. Okay. Uh, Miss okay. Doe, if you're listening to our podcast, you have a former student that's looking to go there. Okay. So she moved away, but what was it? What was it that she did for you that that's the name that came to mind? Well, so she was an engineer before she became a teacher. And I think I really just looked up to her work ethic when it came to teaching the class. And she was very passionate every time she came to class. When I did come for help after school, it was just like the kind of attention that she would give and the help that she would give, I think helped me a lot become more confident in my skills as a student, as well as a person. I actually visited her a few years ago back. Where did she move to? My school's in Vaughan. She moved to, I think it was Pickering. Okay, cool. And I was just, I was actually just looking, Miss Doe didn't show up on my internet search, but I did look up Kalpana <laughs> Chabna and I didn't realize, but she died when the, the Columbia exploded yeah. in 2003. So she would have, she wasn't very old, in fact. She was um, very young. Yeah, she, well, she was born in 61. So, but she would have been with us still today, presumably. Hmm. Oh, interesting. See, I always find that interesting because there are a lot of great people in this world that I've never heard of. And through you, I get to, I get to hear of them too. So Miss Doe and Kalpana, there are some dinner dates for you. <laughs> okay, so let's go to this one. If I was not, and we'll stick with you, Taylor, to start. If I was not, a Ryerson biomedical science student, I would like to be, finish that sentence. I think I'd want to do something in marketing. So you would be in more on the business side? Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing a startup at the SDZ? No, I haven't. That hasn't crossed my mind, but. Oh. Anyway, we, there is an ecosystem called the SDZ. We'll get people on here in the future that, that really do support people who even have just ideas, not even companies or projects, just ideas. And so if there's something you want to do to make a difference, there might be a way to build something bigger than, than yourself. And that's a great place to start. Okay, so Aswari, if you were not a biomedical student at Ryerson, you would like to be what? I would like to be a business student at maybe UFT. Okay, a business student. So you're both interested in business. You guys yeah. should do a startup. <laughs> but but Taylor's not going to do the accounting. She already has yes, said no to that not. world. Not going to be any accounting. We can find people for that. That's right. You can. That's what accountants are for. We hire them. They're not even business people, really. Okay. So, who? We'll stick with you, Aswari. Who is your favorite role model, or um, was? Who is or was? I would say my parents. And that's a great answer, especially if they're listening. Why? <laughs> Because they've just gone through so many struggles together and they've just stuck through it all for us. And I think they've always showed me not to give up on anything. So, yeah. That's a great life lesson. Taylor, what about you? Who um, is or were your favorite role models? 
Definitely my parents and my sister. What does your sister do? What's her name? Let's give her a uh, shout out. Sister, her name is Naomi. Naomi. How many <laughs> siblings do you have? Just I have one? one? Just one older sister. Okay. And, and how much older is Naomi? She's three years older. Three years. And what did Naomi do that sort of has inspired you or caused you to look up to her? I think definitely her work ethic. So she goes to U of T for, well, her first year she went for life science and then it kind of like wasn't for her. So she switched to Ken and she worked super hard through all of it. And so she just graduated, which kind of sucks because of the COVID situation. They didn't get a proper graduation, but she just graduated and got accepted into physio at U of T. Cool. So you might see her soon helping with my old aching injuries as my body gets <laughs> 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 anyway, okay, awesome. And so these are great role models. And I was also just thinking, Aswari, do you have any uh, family, siblings? Oh, yeah, I have two younger sisters. And they are doing what right now? Are they back in Jeddah? No, one of my sisters, she's around 10, so she's with my parents, and my other sister goes to Guelph. Oh, okay, what does your other sister do? She's in biomed side as well. Ah, small world. So, but have you guys got to see each other since this whole stuff went crazy? Oh yeah, she's here with me right now because they closed all the residences and everything. So we're here together. Okay, awesome. So you do have a little bit of family room next yeah. door. Do you, do you and your are you and your sister quite close, or or you're just now getting close? <laughs> oh no, we've always okay. been very close because she's only two years younger than me. So we've always been really close. Awesome. And what's your sister's name? Her name's Swati. Swati. Okay. Awesome. Good to have her around to help alleviate some of the trauma that goes along with being isolated. Fantastic. <laughs> what would you say concern, and we'll stick with you, Esri, what do you think concerns you the most about what you see going on in the world right now? That this may never end. It's just, it maybe another you, wave of- And you're talking about COVID, right? Specifically, yeah. we're talking about COVID. Okay. I'm talking about COVID right now because I'm just like in this space where I'm just like, I can't go home, just like trapped here. It's just me thinking around that, but- the only fear that I have right now is just that this may never end or there, or there might be another wave coming around or something. Yeah, that's a realistic fear. In fact, this is a coronavirus. And like the common cold, we have never found a cure for a coronavirus but or a, an anti-vaccine. But they could be antivirals. One thing I would worry, I think our response will change in the future. Like the world can't continue like this, right? Like So eventually, I think restrictions will ease. And you will, everybody will get to travel regardless if we find an, a vaccine. But I just want to hang in there, kid. <laughs> That's all I can really say. <laughs> tell, you, tell Swathi the same thing. Okay, so over you, Taylor. What, do you, what concerns you the most about, about this world that we live in? Well, I think especially during just this quarantine period, there's been so much going on, like the Black Lives Matter movement with the actual virus itself, so the pandemic, and then also with all of the sexual assault reports being exposed right now. So I think there's mm -hmm. definitely a lot of bad things happening in the world right now. Yeah, and there's actually, that's actually a really good point. There's a lot of people who are in abusive relationships that may have escaped some of that abuse previously, but now they can't for the exact same reason that they're trapped in households with people who are also abusive. So that is a very good point. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess it makes sense because you guys, it's front and center in your lives right now because what you know you're you're pretty young and so you haven't had a lot of exposure over time i was thinking if you listen to some of the faculty members or the older people talk about the changes that they're seeing over a greater period of time it's less about this and more about some of those other things like the black lives matter movement and how it seems like we're losing empathy you know and something that i noticed that was really cool in the beginning is that 
my neighborhood, new, new, new buildings, nobody really knows each other. Now everybody knows each other. And I wonder if that would have happened if we weren't kind of locked down, you know? So I guess as I'm thinking, what, what has been your silver lining in all of this so far? And Taylor, we'll start with you. I think the amount of free time, if you really think about it, I don't think there would be this kind of opportunity where we have like this much downtime to work on whatever we we want. And I think that's why every day I wake up, I kind of want to be productive and kind of do things outside of my comfort zone because I know this is kind of like a, a once in a lifetime chance where you have this much time. Yeah. And you, you, you have lots of, yeah, the, someone said to me once that if you said you were always going to do something, if you had more time and you're still yeah. not doing it, then forget about it because you're never going to. <laughs> what would you say, Aswari, has been your silver lining in all of this? And I, I know that might be a very thin lining. <laughs> but I would for sure agree with um, Taylor about the amount of time that we have. And it's something that we would never get back because I'm a person who's always moving and I've actually never stayed in Toronto for this long. So I'm definitely taking my time to explore Toronto and like what it has to offer and as well as about myself and what I like. And it's just taking a lot of time for myself. Yeah. And if you and your sister want to go on a hike, the Don River Valley itself is not, not spectacular, but as you go into the side pieces, you can, there's a lot of this city that is actually very, very remote feeling once you're inside. So there's lots of cool nature opportunities, I guess, within this city too. Yeah. But if you keep finding good food like smoothie bowls, then why would you leave? <laughs> why would you leave the urban world? Awesome. Okay, so what would you say is something in the top ten? One thing that's in the top ten of your bucket list, and that's where I will start with you. To see the Northern Lights. Oh, okay, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. And what is it? Being growing up so close to the equator, you would never even had a chance of even seeing a flicker in the Northern Lights. You actually don't have to get very far in Ontario to start to see them, but to get that nice, beautiful thing, you got to go up to the Northwest Territories or the Yukon. Yeah. But there is, though they're they're both awesome places when it's not cold. So <laughs> Tata, what would be the top something in the top ten of your bucket list? Something in my top ten would definitely be to travel to Japan. What is it about Japan that really attracts you? I think the culture and also the fact that they're known for their technology. They're very ahead of even Canada and the United States. And I think it'd be super cool. Even their media stuff too. Yeah. There's nothing you can't buy from a vending machine in Japan. (laughs) It's it's, and it's open. It's nonstop. I actually, it's on my to-do list too. Everyone who's been always said it's amazing. The food's amazing. It's very, very different. And that does sound like a, a cool opportunity. All right, so Taylor, sticking with you, what is your favorite hobby? You already told us that you like to swim and you play the piano. So what else do you like? Well, I'm volunteering right now. I like to volunteer and help out whenever. So I'm doing this food bank thing right now where we just package peas, lentils for food banks. Awesome. And of course, you're helping out with Sinai 9. You both are. Thank you. Aswari, what about you? What would you say is your favorite hobby? I work out. <laughs> I work out six times a week, but I really don't get a lot of free time to like do a lot of things during the school year. I think working out just puts two hours for myself. So it's kind of a that's hobby. Just, when you say, and that's true, in terms of the routine, it's really important. When you work out, what do you do? Do you lift weights? Do you do cardio? Like what's your, what's your routine? I do weights. I do cardio. And when I have time, I usually do yoga at the rack, but they usually do it in the evenings and I'm a morning person. So yeah, and I meditate as well. So what are you doing right now to help offset that, especially in the beginning, I guess, if you weren't leaving the building, it's hard to, does your building have a weight room or a facility? 
Yeah, we did have a gym downstairs, but they closed it down for the whole COVID situation. Yeah. And so it was just, I literally just bought a yoga mat and a resistance band. I was just doing at home workouts, but it was just the transition from going from the gym to just doing your entire life within like four walls was a huge change for me. Because I'm a person who like strives out from a routine and always has things to do in the outside world, not in my house. Yeah. Yeah, you've been hit. <laughs> Your personality has, been, has suffered a lot because of all of the different things that you have been restricted in. It must feel a little bit like prison in a foreign country. Okay, so what would you say is the you, the quote that you live by? So, sorry, we'll start with you. Is there some sort of expression or a cliche or a quote that you, that you try to, that you like or that you live by? Everything happens for a reason. I feel like everything... <laughs> It's so cliche, but I feel like I've seen so far in my life, I think me coming to university here was, I think it was something, it was like meant to be or something. There's just people I've met across who've just made really a good impact on my life from the person I was who've really helped with my growth. So I think I totally live by that. Cool. Taylor, what about you? Is there a quote or uh, that you like or that, that, that you tend to live by? I like the quote, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans, because it really reminds you that you should be living in the moment. And right now, you guess that that's a great time, right? Like it's a great time to be using that quote and thinking about that quote and, and even thinking deeper about what it means. Eh? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Those are good cool. oh, quotes. You guys are uh, good stuff. You guys like living the moment. All right, good. Okay. So what would you, last question in the interest of time. So what piece of advice would you give your second year self? So both going to third year, if you were to do it all over again and give some sort of positive piece of a, a tidbit that would help a younger student, what would you say to them? Taylor, we'll start with you. I think I would tell myself not to be so tough on myself, especially because obviously every year matters, but I think I sacrificed a lot of my mental health during second year. <laughs> like I was tough on like, even if it was just a little quiz, I'd be really upset at myself. And I think ruminating over those kinds of things is just not helpful that not healthy yeah not, <laughs> not healthy <laughs> i think instead, what, 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 what was it what was it that caused you so much i want to say anxiety but it's more frustration with yourself what was it that, that sparked that i think it was it's just like the feeling that i had so much to do and not enough time even though there may have actually been a lot of times just when you're given all of the assignments all at once and these due dates it gets really overwhelming yeah totally agree cool stuff Okay, good advice. Aswari, what would you say to your second year self? I would say to be more present and not worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Just worry about what's going to happen today. Because with the changing times and whole COVID, like I think my mental health was really affected during second semester, fourth semester. So I was just, I had to like take it day by day instead of just worrying about what might happen tomorrow or something like that. That's really good advice. And I think that would help with some of the anxiety that Taylor was talking about too, or the, the frustration, right? When you're not so hard on yourself because mm-hmm. you realize it's just today. It does not, don't wait out to worry about tomorrow or anything else along the way. Well, this has been awesome. Guys, thank you so much. We could do it all day. I could keep asking you questions. I keep learning from you, and but then you wouldn't get to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. So <laughs> I, I really appreciate you doing this. This is amazing. It was really great to get to know you both a little bit better because Taylor, like I said, never saw you in office hours, but it's worry you one time, but you weren't there. The shade. No, come on. I was I was. There's a group of like three girls outside and you weren't there. I uh, don't believe that. 
But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, probably. <laughs> anyway, if, if you have any questions, we can do them now, Taylor. No, just <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone, thank you so much for doing this. Have a wonderful rest me. of your day. Thank you for and, having uh, us. And uh, I really appreciate you spending the time with us. Okay. See you later, guys. See you thank later. You. Bye.